This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Oh, sure, politicians are going to be crazy busy, wannabe politicians and those who've already been elected before uh, up for the next five weeks or so. But you know who else is going to be very busy? Pollsters. They've got a lot of work ahead of them, lots of questions to ask, lots of people to try to get a hold of. And they also have the very intense added pressure of the analysis of their accuracy as well. So what's it like being a pollster right now? And what are these key issues do they think are going to be in this federal election campaign? Well, Daryl Berker joins us now, the CEO of Ipsos, to talk more about that. Daryl, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on. Is this the crazy busy time for you? Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You feel a little bit like Sisyphus, right? You just keep pushing that rock. Keep doing it for the do. next five and a half weeks, right? Yes. How do you, how does your company prepare for an election? What do you have to do? Well, we work with uh, Global, as you know, uh, on this. And uh, so we start started probably a year ago talking uh, to our, our, our colleagues at Global about uh, how they would like to cover the uh, the campaign. So basically what we do is we uh, try to align ourselves with the coverage that they're going to be uh, uh, putting out there and making sure that we're focused on getting them information about the key priority issues they're going to be looking at. But along with that, what we also like to bring uh, to the table is some of the the newest innovations that we see in research. And I think people can stay tuned to see a, a few new things this time around in our polling. Right. Now, is that has technology gotten better? Or have you gotten better at kind of nailing all that down? Because there's a lot of scrutiny, right, about the analysis of polls and, and how you get your numbers. Yeah, there certainly is. And, and, you know, the old days when you used to be able to dial up, uh, you know, a random sample of Canadians and you get 80% of them agreeing to cooperate and they all had landlines and you had to, you know, to get that wrong was like falling out of a boat and missing water. I mean, it was really quite easy to do. It's very, very difficult to do now. So it's nerve wracking. Yeah, I would imagine. So how do you do it then? How do you get people to answer your questions? Well, what we do is a combination of uh, different um, different types of, uh, of, of interviewing. So we'll we do some online, different types of online interviewing, but we also do telephone. So we'll be calling people on their cell phones, we'll be calling them on their landlines, and trying to cover off all of the groups of the population, the relevant population that will be uh, will be participating in the election. That's really the challenge. So by using different methodologies, we think we come a little closer to something that looks like the looks like the voting population. Okay. And so do you, will you be doing this province by province? Do you do it riding by riding? Like, how do you do your breakdowns of popularity? Well, we do it proportion to population. So uh, usually in a, uh, and, and our first survey, it'll be bigger than normal. And our last survey will be bigger than normal. So there'll be, you know, between two and 3000 people in the, in those two big surveys, but in between, and we'll be tracking at about a thousand. And, you know, uh, the job is not to, uh, to interview everybody in candidates to re- interview a representative sample. So with a thousand, you can usually get a pretty good read of what, what the trends are in the campaign. So when you're looking at the campaign as it stands right now, how does it look to you? What are you seeing? It's like a big cloud of gas. What? <laughs> Besides it's the hot air, like, I get what you're saying about the hot air, but no, what? <laughs> no, it's it's uh, we don't, wouldn't even characterize it as that. Uh, normally, at this stage of of a campaign, you have a really good sense of 
what the big issues are that people are going to be fighting over, uh, what the profiles of the leaders are, who has momentum, who has a lead, that kind of thing. You've got a sense of the dynamics of the campaign. And uh, this time around, it is literally like a cloud of gas. There's, it's, it's the only reason we seem to be having an election is because it's on the calendar. It's not like anybody has a big advantage over anybody else. It's not like Canadians are looking at uh, any of the political leaders and are overwhelmingly inspired by one of the choices. It really is a kind of this amorphous, gaseous cloud right now right. that has yet to, that has yet to define itself. So the potential for some real surprises in this election campaign are, are, are quite real. When you were asking about, you know, uh, what, what uh, makes us anxious as pollsters, it's well, it's a campaign like this. Really? Because it, it, you're saying it's unpredictable then? We could, one of two things will happen. It'll either st- stay you know, stuck in, uh, in, in, uh, in molasses like it is right now, or something's going to break out, something's going to happen. But normally we have some sense of what that something is. This time we really don't. Is, is there a comparison? Like when you think back to 2015 or any previous election, does it seem similar to you to anything else before? Well, in 2015, we had a pretty good sense that the public wanted Stephen Harper out. Uh, we had a pretty good sense that really what the competition was about was who was going to replace him. That was pretty fairly early on, even going into the campaign, we had a sense of that. We knew that the fight was ultimately going to be about the economy. So we, if we would have had this phone call just before that election, that would, would be what we would be talking about, because we, we knew all of that. This time around, uh, the public opinion data seems to be detached from how people are are considering uh, voting right now. So, for example, if you look at the Liberal Party, their deserve to re-elect numbers are 33, which are horrible. Stephen Harper's were, you know, above 40 in the last uh, in the last election campaign, and he lost. So they're at 33. Their uh, their approval level right now for the for the Trudeau government is 36. Stephen Harper was in the low 40s at this time going into the last election campaign. Donald Trump is at 42. So the liberal numbers are really not very good at all, but they're right in it. That, that's they're right the, in the campaign. Yeah, when you describe it like that, you think, how are they even in it then? Yeah, they should be in a lot worse trouble than they are. And the reason probably is because people have not really seized the uh, the idea that there's a choice to be made yet. So they haven't really sort of gotten into the dynamics of the campaign. You know, everybody's just going through the summer and they're, they're coming out. There's a lot of confusion as to, as to who these people are. There's new players on the scene. Um, and when they look at the alternatives to the government, they're not particularly enamored with them either. So it's, it's really a very strange type of a campaign. And there's another party that's running in this campaign that, uh, uh, you know, we, ne- we don't normally talk about, but we really need to talk about this time. It's, it's what I call the apathy party. And that's uh, people just not showing up because they're not inspired by what's going on in the campaign. So Justin Trudeau in the last campaign uh, uh, spiked turnout to up to 68%, which had been was the highest turnout in quite some time in Canadian elections. When Stephen Harper won his majority in 2011, it was only 60. So a lot more people showed up, and more of them actually voted for the, for the Liberal Party as a result of that. So people, these people have a weak attachment to the political system. We're really inspired by Justin Trudeau. What are they going to do this time if they're less inspired? So, you know, even the question of turnout really is something that we can't quite define right now. Okay, this is going to be a very, you've convinced me, this is going to be a very interesting five weeks then. Are there any issues that you're thinking, okay, we are definitely going to be talking about this? Yes, I think we're definitely going to be talking about affordability and taxes. And the reason for that is because both the Liberals and Conservatives want to fight over that. The Liberals feel that they've got a really good record in terms of 
reducing middle-class tax burden and the child tax credit that they brought in. You heard the Prime Minister when he made his announcement today that these are some of the things that he's really going to point to and that they will potentially be in jeopardy as a result of uh, of uh, bringing in uh, Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives as the government. Where Scheer, on the other hand, is basically arguing that you may think that you've got tax relief, but you really haven't. And the Liberals have you know jacked up uh, the deficit. They've put a lot more money into uh, into spending. You're not benefiting from it, and you're actually paying more taxes. So it's an issue they want to fight on. If we get into substance, which we don't seem to be at the moment, but if we get into substance, it will probably be a conversation about that. The other progressive parties, so the Green Party and the uh, and the NDP, really want to fight on the issue of climate change because they really do feel they've got uh, Justin Trudeau in the crosshairs on that. And the reason they feel that way is because the contradiction of buying a pipeline and also having a, a program for climate change that's not going to, um, I guess, objectively meet the uh, conditions of the Paris Accord is something that really uh, would stick in the craw of somebody who is a, a strong environmentalist. So they're going to be attacking him from the progressive side. So it's, I think those two issues have a way of, uh, will have a way through the campaign of emerging as being important. Well, Daryl, I look forward to hearing more from you over the next five weeks. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Daryl Bricker from Ipsos, uh, the polling firm.